Welcome to the voice of St. Anthony Parish from Alston, Massachusetts, right here on WROL, 9.50 a.m., 100.3 FM. You can also hear us at catholicaudiomedia.com. That's catholicaudiomedia.com. And don't forget to tell other people where they can find the program and let other people know you're listening to it here on WROL at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or that you've heard it uh, through our podcast, whatever. Let people know where they can hear the program, that they enjoy it, and let them know about St. Anthony Parish, where they can connect to the parish and they can be part of our parish, especially the 10 o'clock a.m. Mass. Or, you know, sometimes people will want to go to confession, but they don't want to go to their home parish. So people have been calling me and said, when do you have confession? And it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays and 6 o'clock in the evening on Wednesdays. And then if there's other times, just give me a call. So anyway, uh, I, you may notice the quality of my microphone is a little bit different today. And the reason is because I am doing, you could say, a remote. And so the microphone I'm using is the one I also use for homilies on Sunday, one of them. And I am sitting in the sun overlooking what is a place called City Center, the Bank of Newport or Bank Newport City Center here in the fine state and smallest state of Rhode Island. Uh, Of course, you know that Rhode Island is just south of Massachusetts. And what makes it more interesting, of course, is that the MBTA comes here to Rhode Island uh, through our commuter rail. So it comes here and you go right from South Station right to downtown Providence. And that's sometimes where I come on my day off. Now, a little bit of uh, information where I am if, even if you want to go to Google and look up City Center, I'm overlooking the skating rink, which is here in City Center. And the skating rink is a roller skating rink in the, in the summer and an ice skating rink in the winter. A little bit kind of similar to Rockefeller Plaza, but you know that Rockefeller Plaza is a restaurant in the summer and an ice skating rink in the winter. So here we are, uh, overlooking that uh, ice skating rink, or the skating rink, rather. About 10 o'clock, as the clock goes, is the City Hall. Big, huge City Hall, as you know. Um, Has that very early 19th, early 20th century, early, early, late 19th century, early 20th century architecture. Uh, doesn't have a steeple per se as some buildings do, but it's got this tall black, it's not gold, but it's City Hall, tall black roof. Behind me, <clears throat> about six o'clock and quite a distance behind me, actually be more, no, actually I have it wrong, about three o'clock if I could see it, I'd have to see through buildings to see it, is the Rhode Island State House. And Um, So, there is one person here who is... uh, Some people are sitting around. You can hear the traffic in the background. And one person here using the skating rink for, uh, uh, what do you call it, skateboarding. And another person who's using the skating rink for bike riding. And a distance away, over towards the cathedral, is a little section where there's a lot of skateboarders do all kinds of little uh, stunts and stuff. It's a tiny area. It's actually maybe half a block, and it's probably about four or five blocks from here. So that's where I am. I'm here in Rhode Island. 
And one of the reasons why I am here is I wanted to talk about, as Halloween approaches, I wanted to be here because one of the most famous people who you could connect with Halloween, even though I don't know if people actually do, is from Rhode Island. His name was Howard Philip Lovecraft. He's known in writing as H.P. Lovecraft, and he has a huge following. Now, he was known for writing fantasy and horror, and you might say, but this is a Catholic show. Well, first of all, We're coming up on Halloween, so I thought it might be interesting to address it within that context. And secondly, Halloween is what they say in Portuguese, my pesadelo. What does that mean in Spanish? It's pesadilla. It's my nightmare. And the reason is, because I'm from here, I grew up in Weymouth, as you know, and so we grew up in a tradition of Halloween is just a place to dress up and go trick-or-treating. And as you know, it wasn't a place of horror necessarily. Dressed up one year as Popeye the Sailor Man. And we had a lot of that stuff going on. In the neighborhood, we would do that. And we had a lot of kids in the neighborhood. So they would all... And it was all kind of like that. And other people, when they see Halloween, they only think, number one, of the horror dimension and only of it within a context of the demonic. Some of them are Americans, and some of them, and a lot of them, are from Latin America. Because what happens is you have priests in Latin America, including Brazil, that are preaching that, remember, Halloween is demonic. And I remember I was speaking to a priest friend of mine from Brazil, and I was saying, you know, we kind of look at it differently. There, there can be easily a demonic feature of Halloween, so you have to be careful of that. And if you know your faith well, you'll avoid that. He says, I know. But here in, in his case, Brazil, he said, what happens is that tradition of Halloween gets filtered out. So by the time it reaches Brazil, as they're starting to celebrate it, it's only the scary parts that come there. And always remember, whenever you're talking that, you're always talking the visual. So people are going to see the visual. So they're not necessarily going to see someone who's dressed up as Popeye. They're going to see uh, the more uh, uh, dark figures. And so that obviously becomes a problem. And I was talking with people in the staff and they said, you know, about Halloween and I'm coming from the American perspective. And they said, no, if there, there are people that would misunderstand any connection to Halloween and therefore absolutely not. So I said, that's fine. Um, but I also explained to him, I explained to them, I said, the, the, the real problem with Halloween, I, when the candy part, I said, becomes legalized extortion. And they said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, that's what trick-or-treat means. Either you give them candy or they can do a trick on your house. That's legalized extortion. That part I don't like at all. So there's all kinds of issues with Halloween in that sense. But it's always good to look at it within a Catholic focus, and that's the reason why I am here in Providence, Rhode Island. Now, remember, I spoke to you about H.P. Lovecraft. Now, H.P. Lovecraft not only was a horror writer, and unfortunately he died a starving artist, 
he was an inspiration to all the horror writers that followed him, including Stephen King and everyone else that wrote horror. And I suppose even Frank Peretti. Frank Peretti must have been affected by him. So I suppose even Frank Peretti. And all these uh, writers were affected by H.P. Lovecraft. But why I think it's so important is, remember, he wrote from Rhode Island. So a lot of things that happened in a lot of ways he wrote and a lot of scenery in his writings we'd be very familiar with. In fact, if you've ever read the Dunwich Horror, and I'm going to explain to you why I bring these up, um, you'll notice that all the family names are the towns that now line Interstate Route 91 out by um, Deerfield and Greenfield and out by the Yankee Candle Company. But if you look at some of those town names, those are the family names in the Dunwich Horror. But H.P. Lovecraft had one of the most important lines, and it's in his book, The Strange Case of Charles Dexter Ward, which became an inspiration, uh, although changed radically, but an inspiration for a night gallery that was hosted by Rod Serlin, but it wasn't as good as what he originally wrote when he wrote The Twilight Zone. And the line that's so important is, and I'm not going to give away too much of the story, but Charles Dexter Ward is someone who was able to use certain forms of chemistry to assist him in the way he lives his life. That's very generic, and so I'm not giving anything away. But the line that I think is so important, and especially for our time now, is we have the freedom to do anything we want but some things just should not be done. And that's why I think it's so important when we look at things like horror, when we look at things that we understand, well, where do they go and where do they come from? And we can look at that back at that line. We have the freedom to do anything we want, but some things should not be done. And so understanding that and understanding that reality, that's one thing to begin is you're looking at people starting to buy things and celebrate Halloween. You might have people who have, who are decorating their yards for Halloween and you say, how do I address this with my children? That the whole focus of Halloween is exactly that if we understand it within a Christian con- concept. I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But one of the things is that some things, we have the freedom to do anything we want, but some things should not be done. The closest thing I have ever found to demonic possession is actually uh, addiction. And how does addiction start? By having the freedom to do anything you want, but some things should not be done. You can teach your children that lesson to keep them away from drugs and keep them away from from alcohol. You have the freedom to do anything you want, but some things should not be done. We'll talk more about this tomorrow from the midst of Providence, Rhode Island. Have a blessed day. You can now leave a message for us, which we can air and discuss on this program. Just call 617-297-7452. That's 617-297-7452. 
617-297-7452. Feel free to call, leave a comment, a question, or even feedback, and we may play it on the air. I can discuss your comment or question as well, so give that a try. 617-297-7452. 617-297-7452. I'm here talking to you for overlooking the the skating rink at City Center it's actually the Bank Newport City <laughs> skating rink at the Bank Newport City Center here in the heart of Providence, Rhode Island. And we were talking yesterday, and one of the reasons why I'm talking from Providence, Rhode Island, is Providence was the home of Howard Philip Lovecraft, also known as H.P. Lovecraft. It's important to know that if we understand this, God is sovereign, and even evil serves God. You might say, well, how can that be? Well, we can see that in the book of Job. We can clearly see God is giving the devil a certain amount of rain with his permission. And through that, God is able to teach us an important lesson about how to deal with suffering. And so don't forget, the the devil cannot do anything that does not, in fact, ultimately glorify God because the devil is still a creature of God. And that's why when we connect to the Lord, we're able to see the tactics of the devil, to know his, his, his evil, we can see it and point out to others. And what, one of the things I talked about yesterday is that famous line taken from the horror story, one of the horror stories of H.P. Lovecraft. And that is, we have the, as the strange case of Charles Dexter Ward. We have the freedom to do anything we want, but some things should not be done. And as I said yesterday, teach that to your children. That's such an important lesson to teach your, your children. The other thing you will find in his writing is he really mastered that whole concept where you're reading one of his stories and you find yourself going, don't walk down that path. He was master at that. And sadly, he died as a starving artist. But one of the important things to know is when he brings up this, he teaches from an interesting perspective that you're not going to hear from today's secularist. H.P. Lovecraft was an atheist, but he also believed that if we could believe, believe in eternal good, we had to believe in eternal evil. We don't necessarily believe that as Christians because we believe that God ultimately is control in control of the universe. But we also know that he can give us free choice. And we've seen tremendous evil in the 20th century. And he wrote in the 1920s and 30s, even before the Nazis rose. But we, we can see tremendous evil in the 19th and, I mean, in the, in the 20th century. But we also have to understand that concept of freedom and that's what he understood and so he did understand what exactly you see in Job on a different level that people had the freedom to choose evil and it could lead them down disastrous paths and everything has what appears to be a benign beginning but then it gets worse when the benign beginning is passed and he really taught a lot about that so Understanding that lesson, that's a lesson that we can also understand in Halloween. So 
you may be saying, well, how do we deal with all this? And how do we deal with these images of the neighbor down the street who has these figures of monsters in their yard and all with smiling and stuff? Well, a couple things to keep in mind, and this was something that I teach when you're ever dealing with an evil uh, reality, a political evil, and it's this. One of the things that they taught to, and, and it was none other than uh, Boris Karloff, who I, I didn't learn this from. I learned this from someone writing about his history. Um, it just uh, There was a magazine article a long time ago. They knew, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi knew that the end of the run of Frankenstein and Dracula had come when they did Frankenstein and Dracula meet Abbott and Costello. Because once you make fun of the monster, the monster no longer has power over you. And there is a tactic that community organizers use to go against their enemies by mocking them and making fun of them and and playing games because in doing that they dispower them and then if they don't that doesn't work they'll just straight out attack but you understand that that mocking of evil disarms evil it, it doesn't it doesn't make it friendly but it it takes away its bite so one of the things that a priest told me a long time ago, a wonderful priest from Quincy, Father Richard DeVere, who is retired now, and he taught me, always smiling, always wonderful, he taught me this. He said, what Halloween is about is since Jesus resurrected from the dead and conquered evil, we can now laugh at its power because in Christ we have the power over evil. And that's an important message. But also it's an important message for us to remember, in Christ we have the power over the evil that has power over others. And we can teach people that power that we have in Christ to give them power over that other evil. One example, I'll go back to that wonderful thing I learned from H.P. Lovecraft. We have the freedom to do anything we want. Some things should not be done. You can teach that powerful message to your children. So when the thing says, well, Joe Smith is, you know, or they find that their friends are doing drugs or anything else, you can encourage them to stay away. Why? Yes. Some things, always remember that. Some things, we have the freedom to do anything we want, but some things should not be done. And maybe that other reality, don't walk down that path. It's important to realize that when we can take Halloween and turn it into a lesson instead of running away from it, we can do a powerful thing with that because now we can turn it around and change it. There's a powerful lesson we learned a long time ago, and it's in the book, um, The Hint of an Explanation, the short story, rather, by Graham Greene, one of my favorite stories. And in it, it's a lesson. I won't tell you the story because I'll give stuff away, so I'll just simply say... There's a line he uses in that that we always remember. There comes a point that evil falls in on itself. Evil can only get so far, and there comes a point that it falls in on itself because God is more powerful than evil. So even we can turn around and say this evil is there 
and we can go, but there will come a point. We will watch it where it can fall in on itself. We used to have a thing when there were people who were attacking, viciously, viciously attacking Catholics in Boston, and we would say a thing where we'd see it, actually we'd call it flipping it, where they would get so far, and then all of a sudden everything would fall back on them. And they wouldn't understand it, and we did. And we would say, and God flips it. Because evil can only get so far, and then it falls in on itself. It's an important lesson to understand. And anytime you feel that we're in an era, era that is overwhelmed by evil, notice that evil can only go so far, and then eventually you will see it fall in on itself. So keeping all that in mind, take all these lessons of Halloween and put them together and use them for teaching. Because you're not going to put people in a bubble between uh, October 29th and November 1st where they won't see, especially your children, they won't see anything to do with Halloween. And remember what I told you yesterday. Halloween is in Portuguese, my pesadelo, and in Spanish, my pesadilla. Because I'm caught between three cultures on Halloween. The culture, the, the Catholic culture that I live and grew up in the American culture that I live and grew up in, and the Latino culture that I work with and live, and also the people from Latin America teaching people that there is nothing more evil on the face of the earth than Halloween, and I'm caught in the middle of all of that. So keep some of that in mind. And, uh, you know, it's something to think about and put those lessons together. Remember what H.P. Lovecraft taught. If we can freely choose good, we can freely choose evil. And if we can freely choose infinite good, we can freely choose infinite evil. So be careful of that. And your choices matter. That's so important. And people who don't recognize that have the ability to walk down a path, which is another thing he taught, to to extreme evil. So teaching those choices and teaching people to avoid those choices is important. Secondly, we understand that we have the freedom to do anything we want, therefore something should not be done. You know, we believe in freedom of speech, but as St. Paul says, we don't believe we have the freedom to say anything we want, whereas other people do. And the reason is because as Christians, including us Catholics, we have the belief that there are certain things that we have to be careful of saying, so we shouldn't say them, and that's what St. Paul says. You can now leave a message for us, which we can air and discuss on this program. Just call 617-297-7452. That's 617-297-7452. 617-297-7452. Feel free to call, leave a comment, a question, or even feedback, and we may play it on the air. I can discuss your comment or question as well, so give that a try. 617-297-7452. 617-297-7452. We are here in the midst of Providence, Rhode Island, and I'm broadcasting from here. I'm not broadcasting, I'm recording here. Using the same microphone that I use for my homily, so the sound quality is a little bit different. And I am, like I was before, overlooking the skating rink, which is at the Bank Newport City Center in Providence, Rhode Island. So I am here just off the... What's what's that angle? Just on an oblique angle from City Hall. I've been told 
and, and I've actually used this. I don't know if it's still the case that if you ever need a bathroom in downtown Providence, Rhode Island, City Hall bathroom is always open when it is open. I don't know. Now, if that's wrong, I'll probably get a phone call from City Hall in Providence. That ain't true. But if it is true and you want to let me know. But I know I have used it once because they said, no, City Hall bathroom is always open. I don't know if that's still true, especially after COVID, but it's something to look at. Um, as you know, I, I uh, told you that oftentimes I come here to Rhode Island and to Providence, Rhode Island. I've also been down to Newport. There's a boat that goes down there. I don't know if it's there in the fall and winter, but it's definitely there in the summer. I haven't taken it. Um, I'd like to sometime, but it's it, it, because that would be a great journey down there. And there was a boat show a few weeks ago. If you want to know some place to go to a boat show, I'm sure it would be Newport, Rhode Island. If you ever go there, of course, you, you, Newport is the yachting cap, capital of the world. They will tell you. Now, I'm a long time ago when I graduated from high school. That's in 1976. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I worked in summer at a restaurant at the airport. And they had these placemats, you know, these paper placemats restaurants have, especially a place like in the airport. And they would have different features of New England. And one of them, the yachting capital of the world, this man sat down. You got to, you know, all kinds of people come to the airport. Some of them, some of them obviously have their own agenda and obviously have their world that they live in. And they looked at this menu and saw this, the yachting capital of the world and said, well, they've already offended me. So I guess for some people, it's not the yachting capital of the world, but other people see it clearly as that. And so if you're ever in Newport and you see a lot of boats, those boats actually are registered to other countries, but they aren't moored there. They're moored in Newport. And long story there, I don't know the whole rules, but that's that's it. Uh, the, one of the reasons why I'm here in Newport is because, not in Newport, in Providence, is because of the famous horror writer Howard Philip Lovecraft. And as I told you earlier, he inspired many writers. And of course, he inspires a lot of fan fiction. Now, you might say, here's something for you. You might say, well, why would a priest read horror fiction? And I do occasionally when I have a chance. Well, here's another one. Why would a priest write horror fiction? And I've done that as well. Uh, I wrote a story um, about the dangers of drugs, and it all took place on a cliff. It was called The Cliff. I don't know if it's still available, because I think I made a mistake on Amazon. If it is, I'll look to see if it's still available. Uh, it was called The Cliff, and it, it, actually, it actually is based on visions from saints. And there are characters on a cliff looking down into the bowels of hell. How they got there, I won't go into the full detail, If I, and let me just see if I can find the, uh, the story and tell you where to find it. Um, how did they end up there? That's, I won't go into the full detail, but it has something to do with drugs. And so, therefore, the sinfulness of drugs. So, yeah, it's called The Cliff. So, not only have I read horror, but I've written it. And what is, why would, why, why remember something? There are some important lessons that I've read in some some of this. Frank Peretti, of course, needless to say, I absolutely love great stuff from Frank Peretti, and he's a Christian horror writer. I mean, really great stuff. Um, the, and and I remember 
and back in about 20 years ago when I was experiencing things and people were attacking the church and all that was going on. And of course, the crisis in the church was was beginning and all that was happening. I remember saying, I feel like I'm living in a Frank Peretti novel. And if you know anything about Frank Peretti's uh, novel, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, at the bottom of it is a secular world that engages in the occult. Very major warning sign. I was talking to someone the other day and I warned them that, you know, dabbling into the cult, occult is very, very dangerous. And um, that's what happens is and what happens in the secular world that they will dabble in the occult and laugh at you that you think it's dangerous but it's very very dangerous if you know the movie The Exorcist it's based on a true story and both in the true story and in the movie go find out I won't tell you go find out go ask someone what was the cause of the possession interesting little thing. So keep all that thing in mind. You go look it up, look it up. Don't necessarily read the book or don't definitely don't go see the movie. <laughs> I didn't just recommend to you the movie The Exorcist, trust me. Because um, I never liked the ending of The Exorcist. I know the actual ending of the actual story. And in the actual story what happened was the exorcists were praying over the boy. It was a boy not a girl is in the movie and suddenly this was told to me by a priest who knew the original uh, exorcist suddenly there was a silence that entered the room and they said it was a silence like they'd never heard before or since and then in that silence they could hear in their minds not through their ears be out of him for I am mighty and he says with that it ended so that power so that's why um, that's obviously not the ending of the movie, and I don't recommend the movie. So, but what I am saying is, and I've been saying this week, Halloween is the time where people are hearing of horror and they're hearing of devils and they're hearing of all this stuff. How do we address that? And I, I, I you know, they say if you repeat something, that's the greatest way to teach someone. I think that wonderful line from the, ch- the strange case of Charles Dexter Ward which says, um, how, how does that, how's the line go? Oh, yeah, I don't have the line exact, but it says, um, we have the freedom to do anything we want. Some things should not be done. If you can teach that to your children, you'll be teaching a very powerful thing. It's one of my favorite lines. It's a powerful line. But also, we have to realize that God, like you heard in that line, is all-powerful. So, we have to teach people to have that prayer relationship. And one of the things I argue with some forms of traditional Catholicism, they so focus on morality, which is important, but they don't focus on prayer. And that's why you will hear some traditional Catholics say, we don't believe in this relationship with, with Christ stuff, even though that is actually a central part of all forms of Christianity, including Catholicism. We believe in that relationship with God. We believe in Christ, and we believe in having that relationship. It is my belief that the relationship with Christ is the central part of the experience of Christianity. Now, you might turn around and say, well, no kidding, Father, we all know that. Well, hold on. So much so 
that the reason why, and I kind of touched on this a week ago, Sunday, the reason why we don't get heavy into major miracles is because we experience miracles on a regular basis through our relationship with Christ. But they're not going to be anything you can brag about because they're really kind of well, small miracles in a sense. And one of the things I talked about yesterday, evil can get so far and then it falls in on itself. And people who have seen that, and I've seen it, can see. You know, others wouldn't recognize it. They wouldn't know it. But you can recognize that that can happen. Another time I was dealing with people who were protesting against the Catholic Church, and I put holy water in the four corners. This was in the cathedral. Four corners of the cathedral, and the following day, the protesters turned on each other. You couldn't bring that to the Vatican as proof of a miracle, but I know what was at the bottom of it. And we believe in miracles on a different way, a kind of trusting in the Lord and trusting that the Lord will lead us. And that's why I get really frustrated with people who just teach morality and don't teach prayer. And anyone who knows me well knows that that really turns me off. And I have no problem saying it because it all begins with prayer. And when we begin with prayer, we understand the power of the mighty Lord that the Lord is all-powerful. So keeping all of that in mind, we put all of that together and we recognize that during this time, we don't have fear. That's the point of Halloween, by the way, that Jesus has conquered evil. So there's no reason for us to have fear. There's no reason for us to teach fear. But what we have to teach is, in that light, take some of those things that we understand and use them. If the only thing you ever teach your children is that line from H.P. Lovecraft, we have the freedom to do anything we want, but some things should not be done, then my, I will say, my life is complete. Well, I won't literally say that, but that's an important lesson for you, for you to teach your children. If you teach it and they understand it, then they know that, yeah, their friends might be doing drugs, their friends might be out drinking and getting drunk someplace. Their friends might be involved in sex someplace. And they say, well, they have the freedom to do that. They, everyone has the freedom to do what they want. Some things should not be done. And then when you can turn around and say, oh, yeah, well, who was the holy person who told you that? It's actually, it wasn't. It was an atheist by the name of Howard Philip Lovecraft, who inspired every horror writer that followed him, even Stephen King. St. Anthony Parish, Alston, Massachusetts. You can now leave a message for us, which we can air and discuss on this program. Just call 617-297-7452. That's 617-297-7452. 617-297-7452. Feel free to call, leave a comment, a question, or even feedback, and we may play it on the air. I can discuss your comment or question as well, so give that a try. 617-297-7452, 617-297-7452. Remember, our website is catholicaudiomedia.com, where you can connect to the parish, St. Anthony in Alston, Massachusetts. You can listen to the program. You can connect to other platforms that offer our programs. You can send me input to share your thoughts on the readings. You can send feedback, questions, ideas for the program. You can also donate to the show. There is so much you can do at catholicaudiomedia.com. And you can also write to us if you'd like. Our address can be found there, and I can tell you what it is, too. St. Anthony Parish, 43 
3 Holton Street, Alston, Massachusetts, 02134. That's St. Anthony Parish, 43 Holton Street, Alston, Massachusetts, 02134. And don't forget, you have a standing invitation to attend Mass in our parish at 10 o'clock a.m. on Sundays at St. Anthony Parish in Alston, Massachusetts.